Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hello, welcome to this week's episode of the Mum Mum and Mama podcast. Brought to you as always by the wonderful Golding Accountancy, wearegolding.com. How are you? I'm good, I'm hot, as everyone in the world is, well, not in the world, but in the UK are at the moment. I don't know what I've done to this. I'm just editing a podcast and I don't know what I've done, whatever. Um, right. I've had a wonderful couple of weeks. So this week it is the amazing Jordan Gray. Um, oh, God, I'm saying. Um, I remember Jordan from when she appeared on The Voice many moons ago, and then obviously she became really famous as a musician, and now she's turned her hand to comedy. I there's a she mean she talks about it in the podcast, but if you go onto YouTube and search Transaction, Comedy Central, she's got a short series on there of six-minute episodes, which is actually... Well, actually, I'm not going to say anything more about it, but watch it. It's really good. But we had the, just the nicest chat. The only problem was, is my dog, Dolly, decided to bark pretty much... From about a quarter of the way through, she just barked. So I have edited the barking out um, because I'm very clever. You can kind of hear it a little bit in the background in some of it. But I just felt, I was so embarrassed because we talked about Jordan's transsexual. We got into, I mean, it's such an amazing conversation. She talks about the hormones that she's on, give her PMT. Um how it affects her brain function it is fascinating especially if you are a woman of a similar age to me and kind of experiencing menopausal symptoms oh my god it's oh, hormones are the devil i mean i know obviously they do a lot of good stuff but mine have fucked me for my whole life <laughs> so but anyway, it's really interesting but we really did speak about a lot of kind of deep and meaningful stuff and as soon as we started talking about it Dolly started barking, so I'm a bit worried she might be a bigot. Hopefully she's not. Um, but yeah, so it was just a bit embarrassing. So I was like, "This is so unprofessional. I'm so sorry." 
but we got through it and she's lovely Jordan and we just chatted for so long and it was so lovely that it's two episodes so I do hope you enjoy it I obviously will post links to her so check her out but here you go when you're ready to pop the question the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring at bluenile.com you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online choose your diamond and setting when you found the one you'll get it delivered right to your door Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks sleep number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Work. I'm recording. I'm yeah. recording. Lady what? Gaga's. What video? Um, it was like um. I remember it, it. It was an advert as well. It was a television advert. And no, so she made a music video to promote. It was almost like a co um, uh, promotion of the phone itself and this music video coming out together. Oh, so okay. Yeah, but I can't remember. She's in a desert. Although I feel she's like she's in a desert a lot for music videos. Yeah. She's always she's always like dancing in the desert with some very colourful and enthusiastic young people. Yeah. Have you watched House of Gucci? No, although there's some absolute stars in that that I'm, I'm fans of. So yeah. Yeah. I, I I'm looking it's, forward to it. I watched it the other night, and it's very good. Okay. Yeah, yes. Yeah. So I recommend. That. Are you yeah, a uh, are you a, a fashion a fashionista in any sense? No, I'm not. I, I really like clothes, but yeah. I'm not... Because I watched it with my friend and she was like, oh, I remember all this. Because obviously it's got the bit about to when Tom Ford entered it. And right. I was like, I knew, I know who Tom Ford is, obviously. And I know that he designed for someone before he became like his own thing. But I wasn't sure who it was. Right. <laughs> but um, she was like, oh, I remember all... When he kind of entered it, she was like, oh, I remember all that. And I'm like, I haven't got... Because like, mm. she got the certain shoes that came out and but I was never really I don't about know, that yeah I don't know about you I I love watching shows about real stuff that I sort of had no idea about as well I love biopics like I was I was never particularly let's say a fan of like maybe Whitney Houston who is of course amazing no not Whitney Houston yeah. sorry god who who did what's love got to do with it the, the biopic who is that Tina um, Turner. Tina Turner. Right, who is yes. of course amazing. I just was never that that much of a fan. But I'll consume the biopic like it's yes. the best thing in the world. And the, learn like Johnny Cash, walk the line, turn Johnny Cash yeah. into like a 
So yeah, uh, House of Gucci or like uh, the social network, that movie about Facebook. I don't really care. But then the movie. Yeah. yeah, Give me that. Give me the condensed version with all the stars. Yeah, I'll watch that. What were you, what music did you like? Because you're, I imagine you're a bit young for Tina Turner anyway, though. Because I kind of remember when I was younger, but I never really cared because she was old. I'm um, I'm so lucky. Like my dad is the biggest Elvis fan in the world, and uh, most people say that, but it's not an exaggeration. He's got he's the he's the guy. He's the Elvis guy. Um, so I grew up with like rockabilly music and good fifties music. And my mum was into like big country divas, so l- lots of like Celine Dion, Shania Twain, and Barbra Streisand. So I've got a good musical repertoire. Jeff Buckley's yeah. my guy. Jeff Buckley's my dream yeah. guy. I think he yeah. might he might have actually been an angel. I think he might have fallen out of heaven yeah. he's what an, what have an amazing have you watched show. the documentary about him yeah that Jennifer yeah because I didn't know about him yeah. but I watched the documentary and I was just like oh my god how did I not know and I think that I knew it's Nick Drake isn't it that did that his... did what who's his dad oh uh Tim Buckley Tim Buckley yeah yeah the folk yeah the folk sort of hero yeah of course it's yeah. in the name <laughs> <laughs> but I watched it because I really like Nick Drake Right. And then I obviously watched the Jeff Buckley thing and I was like, oh my God, how did I not know about this amazing artist? And then obviously I started listening to him and then that was uh, it. Just a dream boat. And also like Rolling Stone, greatest album of all time, I think in like, I can't remember when, recently, like listed Grace, the, his album as the greatest album of all time. And like so yeah. few people know about it. How does something like that happen? Like so strange. But then I, I remember when Amy Winehouse came out like her first album, because I, I used to do music and I yeah. was in with the people who kind of helped bring her to. And I, I so I was listening to the demos and stuff before the album came out and I, I knew about who she was. And I was just like, she's just the most amazing thing ever. And the album didn't really do anything. And I was just like, mm. how the fuck? But it, it wasn't until she then became like a tabloid sensation yeah. that she then unfortunately got famous for the wrong reasons really and then obviously then her talent was recognized but it was like i suppose it it takes more than just being an exceptional artist unfortunately doesn't it to kind of get yeah people love the story behind the story and i I learned that sort of firsthand with um i did a tv show called the voice in 2016 and i was great i actually really it it was was wonderful like no bad stories It, it was really really great but you only it's only after the fact in retrospect you realize maybe how much of it was a manufactured story like i um i didn't nobody if if you're familiar with the premise of the voice you go on and they can't see you and then you sing and they decide whether or not they're going to turn around and nobody turned around for me and it's very heartbreaking um so so, i sang when i first uh my my audition song i i reappropriated bob dylan's just like a woman which was a a great jeff buckley cover um i watched it did you? I, I oh, remember you. you. Yeah, I did. Because I was oh. like, why the fuck is no one turning around? Well, it probably wasn't very good. <laughs> but thank you. Well, I thought you were good. But... Uh, so, uh, but nobody turned around. And then months later, I was brought back on under mysterious circumstances. And think I was just, oh, wow, I'm the luckiest woman in the world. And then in retrospect, you're like, oh, no, it's probably very much a manufactured. It's like a Cinderella story. So someone got pulled back from the brink of not, and then went all the way through to the end. Like, the story of that is more exciting than whatever I was doing on stage I swear like it, it's just about um what we can latch on to those shows they sort of yeah. pluck someone from obscurity and turn them into yeah. this sort of hero figure and then you, they do it all over you, again every year you've got to have a sob story haven't you I remember my um 
friend auditioned for, I think it's Britain's Got Talent or X Factor, if one of those, but she's really amazing. But I knew that she wasn't going to get anywhere because she didn't have a sob story. You have to, there has to be a story. Or something, yeah. Yeah, like, <laughs> I do a bit on stage now. Is it right? I'm not going to swear, but is it right to say... Oh, no, of, you can swear. Oh, yeah, you can swear. When I tell you what the word is that you, I thought was a swear word, you're going to laugh, right? Because <laughs> it's not a swear word. <laughs> so I do a bit on stage about how like I, I made it to the semi-finals of The Voice without a tragic backstory presumably my being transgender was tragic enough but it's like less less of a sob story more of a knob story in my case which is such a stupid little <laughs> stupid little joke but it's true that's probably all that it was um there was a guy right this is great this makes me laugh every time there was a guy on our series who clearly didn't have a sob story so they had to <laughs> they had to make one up that was sort of relevant to his life so they were talking about him he's a great guy he's the loveliest guy I wish I could remember his name but he was sort of a businessman in the city and he was singing as a hobby and they're talking about him in the VTs and then suddenly all the music goes really sad and they're like he goes uh, one day I uh I just woke up one day and I couldn't hear out of my left ear and you're like oh oh bless him and you think oh is he so he's so he's deaf oh that's the sob oh my god and then he goes luckily it went away after a week but it was pretty scary you know, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's it. That's the sub story. He couldn't hear for a week, like two years ago. That was his sub story. But isn't it terrible that you can't just, just be, this is how amazing I am. And see, well, there's got to yeah. be like, a, like this is why we should root for them. Yeah, that, there's so much talent out there that's toiling away in obscurity because there's no story behind the story. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, yeah, we, we, there's too many celebrities and too many people in the world. So how are we going to distinguish them? We need to know. It's like semantic connection. Have you ever heard? Uh, this sounds like a tangent, but it's not. You know, uh, Darren Brown. He, yes. he he used to be able to remember a million things in a list, like um, like a list of things, uh, a hundred, two hundred things in a list. And yeah, yeah. he would teach people how to do it. And the way he'd teach people is, you make a semantic connection between all the things. So as to say, let's say it was like ball, octopus, tree. TV wall. I'm look, I'm saying things that I can actually see right now. I'm just making yeah. this up. But he'd say, right, picture a ball, and the octopus is kicking that ball up with its eight legs. Now, now imagine that he's watching himself do that on a TV, and you're like, okay, now I'm telling myself a story. Now yeah. I could recall that entire list, and it just feels like a story. So the way we re- remember all these celebrities now is we remember the house cement a semantic connection we remember how we first heard of them or who they just dumped or you know who yeah. they who they're currently suing is obviously a big thing right now like yeah we and we need that cuz it's just too many ah oh, i wish i was yeah. born in the 40s when there was just like 12 celebrities <laughs> yeah but yeah i think life was harder yeah, no, I I agree. So, uh, yeah, I do that. I'm kind of like, yeah, no. But so music then, were you? Have you always been musical? Never didn't. Yeah, never didn't do music, and there was never a plan B. Parents musical. <clears throat> well, or they like, just love music. They love it. My dad can't hold a note to save his life, but as I said, he's the biggest Elvis fan in the world. But he would do the dancing. He'd like go around and win all the miming dancing contests oh, and wow. stuff. Yeah, it's, yeah he's, he's probably not anymore, <laughs> but like he, when he was when he was a, a lad, and uh, yeah, my mum's got a nice voice, um, but they never pursued it professionally. Yeah. Uh, um, you you said you did music before this, and you were part of the Amy sort of us clique. Does that mean did you spend a bit of time in the in Shoreditch? Was it like that bunch of people, the old Shoreditch music mafia? No, well, it, I I used to sing. Yeah. And I was managed by the woman that 
Oh, okay, yeah. She kind of felt, she used to work for EMI Publishing, basically. So yeah. I used to work with some of the writers that worked with Amy. Yeah, okay. So well. it wasn't some, but then I did work in Shoreditch for quite a long time. Yeah, like that, there's a bunch of people, Amy and like Noel Fielding and like Russell Brand, who were just all yes, knocking yeah, about yeah, together yeah, in yeah, Shoreditch. No, no, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I knew who they were, but I didn't know them. Yeah, yeah no, I just it's just an interesting time that you think of it yeah. like this little mafia of Shoreditch people that were famous all at the same time for a little while. Well, what's happened to Shoreditch? Like I remember, because I, I used to work, I worked on Brick Lane and just the transformation just in such a short space of time as well. Just yeah. how it went from just like this dirty place that you wouldn't really ever want to go to, but had some cool shops to like the most popular place in the world. Exactly, yeah. So much business and startups and yeah. Strange to think what's going to be the last bit of London that gets transformed. Because it's got one day it's just going to be a metropolis of coffee shops yeah. and, and talent agencies. But like, what's going to be the last bit? <laughs> I was driving through Tottenham. I used to work in Tottenham yeah. many moons ago. And it, I, was, I was driving from Walthamstow to Tottenham. So I yeah. used to drive the way that I, down a road that I used to drive to down every day going to work. And I was like, it took me a minute to realise where I was because it's completely transformed. And it's so the estate where that guy got shot by the police. I can't remember his name. Sadly, that doesn't really narrow it down, (laughs) unfortunately. yeah, Yeah, But there was was all the riots, wasn't there, after he got shot. Oh, the big one. Oh, right, yeah. 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 And it's like, all around there is just completely transformed. And my friend was saying, yeah, this is the place to buy now. And I'm a bit like, it's always been, like, pretty rough. (laughs) But now it's... And it, it, it... you could we were driving through and it's it's all been um like made one way and and there was still like the, an odd few random shops that were still obviously like holding on <laughs> it was a bit like obviously they're going to get bought out eventually but it's like they've probably been there for years and years and yeah. although it's nice that places are being developed and made better but it's the price of that for the locals who have always been there who then get priced out and the businesses that get priced out. And yeah. it's a bit like, I, like even on my, I live in South Woodford now, and down the high street, like we've got Starbucks now. And sure. a star. And it's like all these nice independents are now going because they can't afford the rent anymore. And it's like, oh, what are we, we going to get next? It's like, I don't want, we don't want it to be like that. Do you know what I mean? We don't yeah. want it to be like everywhere else. It's nice to have some independence, but. Just imagine the. Like how we feel when we go abroad and we see that stuff. Imagine Americans that came to England expecting cobblestone streets and little taffy shops and they just got another Starbucks. We're in that vein of tradition and Tottenham. If I can just divulge something very personal to you, Amy, I'm a, I bloody love a Tottenham cake. I love a Tottenham cake more than anything in the world. You know, the little... Right, so an original Tottenham cake was a square of sponge with like jam and desiccated coconut. And then now if you go into a Greg's, a Tottenham cake is just as pink icing on a square sponge have you ever seen those just a perfect square i have never heard of a tottenham cake really tottenham supporter oh well it so it was sold on the tottenham hotspurs sports ground the football ground out of a um, i guess like a food truck by this old lady and she'd make these little cakes and it was a sponge a layer of jam and then sprinkled desiccated coconut which is still how they do it up in different parts of the country but then greg sort of took that idea like the other other (laughs) bakeries are available um and they uh, they yeah. So now it's just pink icing on the top, which is like a, almost a, a a nod to the Tottenham cake. But yeah. that's what it's called. And I could eat twelve of them in a sitting, and I eat them like every other day. I love them so much. I've never heard of that. Well, there we are. That's it. Because you're in till 
or you've come from Tilbury. Oh, I came from Tilbury. I'm, I'm now in okay. sunny South End. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah yeah. Oh lovely. Yes. Imagine right now when I don't know when this will air this recording, but we are currently in the hottest sort of week of the year at the moment, and South End is a throng of people. Where are you? Because I always go whenever I go to the beach. I always go to like the Westcliff Chalkwall kind of bit. Yeah, yeah I guess the... that's that's where I was until recently. So I'm. I'm by a, the Curzel, if you remember the Curzel on the seafront. It's like, it's this yes. big dilapidated building that used to be the entertainment hub of South End, and now it's yeah. just a shell down there. Oh, lovely. I used to drive, because I'm from Basildon originally. Yeah. And I used okay. to hang around with boys that used to drive around one way system. Yeah, that, that's stopped yeah. now. It used to be sort of a boy racery town, but they've shut the, um, they shut the uh, seafront off at night to stop it because it was getting just dangerous it was getting oh, wow. yeah. because in the summer you've got families with their kids in the amusements yeah. until 11 or 12 at night and the racing would yeah, start yeah, yeah. at like yeah. 10 or whatever um so it's yeah that's it's a bit quieter ironically down the seafront now there's more tourists but less cars bombing down so well that's not a bad thing how long have you been there for maybe a couple of years moved in with my okay. lovely lovely wife we, we got married just before lockdown and moved in just before yeah no, no, we, no, halfway through lockdown, which was difficult. Imagine moving house during lockdown because of all the, you know, they want they want people to move. They want to get, yeah. keep getting those commissions, but it, all the hassle of, you know, you're not allowed to meet the person that's showing you your house in person because <laughs> of, you know. I would have thought that would have been impossible. Yeah, we got very Fair lucky. Enough. Yeah, it's nice though. Yeah, yeah. It's a nice part of the world. How many of your listeners are sort of Essex-centric <laughs> people? Because it's a lot of, this is very Essex chat. Yeah, I do you know what I have absolutely no idea because you can see the locations of people. I know that I have like one listener in Korea and one listener <laughs> nice. in somewhere else that's completely like how the hell. But then I thought I did, but then maybe they're just private VPNs. Oh, that's true. Yeah, they're actually being a person. I mean, I'd love to find out if there are actually people all over the world listening. Um, but well, yeah, let's but then, tell them. Let's tell them to to write in. What in would be? Touch. How would they get in touch with you? What's your, what's the best way for them to let you know? Oh, on the socials, probably. Mum and right. Mama Pod. Let us know what? where you are yeah. from, Mum and Mummers. <laughs> what's your what are your what's your uh, like the plural word for fans of Mum and Mama Podcast? Like, what do you have a word? Are they Mummers? Mummers. Yeah. yeah. All right, Mummers. Yeah, where mamas. where where are you at? What? Where are you from? Yeah. But I, I always think Essex is the centre of the universe anyway, though. It's got a lot of character. Yeah. And everyone always seems to have heard of it. I went to, I've told this story before, but I went travelling around the west coast of America when I was like 19. Right. And with like a group of people. And we stayed on some cowboy ranch in the middle of nowhere. And there ah. was a guy from Australia there who'd been to Canvey Island. Oh. And I was like, see, everyone knows Basildon. Yeah, and there's if... like, my mum always used to say the Americans, they love a dandy. They love a British dandy, which has always been the case. They do love an English person. But it does feel like it is specifically, like like James Corden is the biggest star in American TV right now, you know, from wherever he is. Russell Brand, yes. out of Grey's, yeah. was a huge yeah. American star. There's a They love an Essex accent. The big movie stars, the big bloody like marvel movie stars you see them on talk shows and they're talking about the only way is essex they love the accent yeah. they love it it's like yeah we're, we're a hit I suppose, it's, I suppose it's a bit easier to understand for them maybe accent wise 
than some of our other wonderful accents. Oh gosh, yeah, maybe. Yeah, because we right, so we've got that Cockney well, I, I, like thing that they like, but it, we yeah. are still we still have our <laughs> our diction. Again, yeah. with all the love in the world to our yes. northern friends. <laughs> My dad's from Leeds, so, so I I have oh, much, much respect for that. Although. There's people that would say Leeds isn't north. You know, it's like, obviously it's north to me, but there's people that would say, come on, unless you're in Aberdeen. (laughs) See, I love love being from Essex, but it's probably my least, well, not my least favourite accent, but I prefer, like, I love a Scouser. Yeah. That's my, yeah, I love Scouser. Yeah, that's a nice one. And it's just a bit more interesting, isn't it? It's a bit bland, I think, Essex. Well, we're here a lot, aren't we? (laughs) Yeah. If not all the time. It's, yeah, it's... You get you get used to the accent, and there'd be people that would swear down that there's different accents for the different towns. But I think they're being a bit pedantic. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. A bit specific. Um, um, so yeah, so music. So when did you? So I'm, I'm guessing that you did it in school, and because how old were you when you went onto the voice? Uh, that was 2016. So let's do the math. Uh, I'm 33 years old, and it is 2022. So what's that? Was I twenty six? I've just pulled that number out of the air. My, yeah. That is literally just Ish. a guess. Is that yeah. six years ago? Two thousand sixteen is yeah. six years ago. I was twenty six then. Yeah. Boy, yeah. 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 So had you done stuff like were you gigging and stuff previous to that? Um, I yes, I was a musician since uh, well, I, the age of eight is to. That, that, I mean, that's a bold claim. I wasn't performing live at eight. But yeah, I was always like a little singer. Um, but I came straight out of college and just did music from 18 to... until I stopped doing it and became a comedian at 28. So yeah, oh yeah, so I was a professional musician for 10 yeah. years. Like seven albums, I did Europe a bunch of times. It was a dream. It's absolutely It's bloody hard work, but yeah, it's, it's the dream. And then it was only getting in front of a the audience of like six million i was like oh i actually would prefer to tell people jokes that's more fun oh really yeah there was a bit on the show live where they give they they come over to something called marvin's corner marvin humes was one of the hosts and you go to his yeah. little corner and they chat and they handed me a microphone and they're like how are you feeling and i was wearing a bright red suit and the couch was bright red so i started making a joke about if i just lie down i wonder if they could see me and it was they were laughing and i was like oh there's like six million people watching this right now i wonder if they're laughing I was like, this is way more fun than singing. Like, so uh, that's it. I'm a comedian now. And how have you found the transition? It's uh, just the best. It's wonderful. Like, I still play comedy music, sort of like a Tim Minchin-y type thing. It's wordy piano comedy. But comedy is so much more immediate. Like, you you can tell if it's working in real time yeah. because no one's laughing if a song's not going well you're not going to find out until it's finished <laughs> like five minutes later and there's nothing uh and also it's like you can you can talk about sort of perhaps difficult nuanced conversations if you can spin a spin it and and, and it's fun and opens people up they will laugh at stuff they would previously have their arms crossed listening to yes you know so yeah. that's nice i've been able to talk about like being transgender is bloody hard work, but I just always preface it by saying something stupid like, I haven't had a Yorkie bar in five years, you know, like, and then they go, people go, oh, okay, it's like, it's a real issue, but we can laugh about it. Yeah. Um, so but that's the best yeah. way, I mean, it is, if you can laugh, it's the best way to Yeah. get across to people, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Like, if you can... If you, which, it, it's yeah. like people that would ordinarily 
give you a wide berth in the street if you can make them laugh they something in yeah. their brain goes oh this person's not a threat and yeah. maybe that is probably actually quite fun to be around yeah let's yeah. let's talk some more yeah so how did you how did you make that transition i had a uh it was actually like a stark transition i brought out a single after the voice uh that did fine it got to like <laughs> it didn't do fine it got to like 142 or something in the charts which is still charted well <laughs> what chart are we talking about to be fair <laughs> um uh and that was disappointing but it will then my label just dropped me because they were like well that's not good enough and they just unceremoniously just dropped me yeah uh, uh and then um i was performing a, i performed lots of prides because i'm first transgender person in the voice so it's like that's very easy to just pluck that person and stick them on every pride in the country yeah. and it's really fun it's not my sort of thing I'm very boring I'm not very colourful or loud at all so <laughs> I, I had to summon up a lot of energy to be exciting for people that are at Pride but I remember playing a bunch of times and like oh man I'm just going through the motions now I'm like it's properly depressing I'm just doing the exact same thing I'm leaping about like an idiot like I always used to and pl- I'm playing the piano ba- based on like balanced on one foot and like being an idiot but in my head I'm like I just would rather be at home with a cup of tea doing nothing and that was really really sad because it made no difference to the audience so my brain's like oh then there's nothing special about me at all this is this is all an act and they're enjoying it anyway what am I adding to the conversation so I just stopped and then I took a job cleaning at my wife's casino she doesn't own a casino (laughs) she she worked at the (laughs) casino otherwise why would I work for a living if she owned a casino um cleaning at a casino in the interim that I decided to be a comedian. So before I started comedy, I cleaned at a casino and I was just listening to a million comedy podcasts like a day. That I get that is a massive exaggeration. Um, <laughs> and uh, then I just started doing it from scratch. It's really nice to like not be very good at something again. You know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. Uh, like you can. You're always a student of music. Like you're always learning. But I got to a point where I wasn't really going to learn anything else that I needed to entertain people. So then well, why keep doing it? But then, yeah, getting on stage for the first time as a comedian and not having a keyboard to sit down at. So like we yeah. just said, if the jokes, some of the jokes, let's let's say about 75% of the jokes didn't really land. And to silence, like really supportive silence, but like, come on, what else you got? Like, oh, and that's such I a nice don't, feeling. I don't know how you could do it. I just don't, the thought of doing that, just, I mean, but I, I mean, I, I'm not a performer. I never, I love singing and writing but the performing I never liked anyway okay but just that how did you but I suppose you had a lot of experience of being on stage and being vulnerable didn't you so I suppose that would have helped but just just that feeling of you're allowed to be on stage you see so many people just starting comedy and they haven't yet figured out that they're allowed to be there like they didn't win a competition that's the feeling of like oh my god I get I get to stand here and then there's that nerve of feeling like you're good enough I was like, I've been on stage for 10 years and nothing exploded, like, because I was there. I'm allowed to be on stage. The universe isn't going to punish you for being there. So just then do the job, do the work and and uh, try out your stuff and make people laugh. And it's reciprocal as well. Like, you, uh, for, for many years, I think a lot of comedians are quite, it's quite a conflict with the audience. It's like you're going up against a bunch of people and have to fight the laughs out of their bellies. Like yeah. it's, it's supposed to be, it's supposed to be a conversation really that no, that's never say that to an audience. Cause then they will just start talking. It's a monologue. <laughs> that is the illusion of conversation. Yeah. And uh, it takes time to get to that point where you are actually um, eliciting real laughs and not just a sort of call and response. 
like a bit of wordplay, funny bit of wordplay. Oh, this is where we laugh. Ha ha ha. But yeah. when you get to a point where there's barely laughs because people are in recognition of something, that's so joyful. Last yeah. night I played something called the lol word. It's an amazing all, I want to say all lesbian and bisexual women group. I believe that's the case. Certainly the audience was and most of the acts always are. And I had to tailor some of my material because most of my material about being transgender, usually I pick on a, a sweet heterosexual guy. And then we talk about like, I was like, come on, you and me, we'd, you'd give it a go, wouldn't you? It's 2022. But it was all women. And then I'm like having to, uh, what's the word? Like sort of change, uh, adapt to that situation. And just pointing out the fact that I had to adapt to it, breaking the illusion of being a comedian and say, oh, yeah, shit, this might not work. The audience laughs in recognition because they're like, yeah. yeah. This is a real moment. It's only between us tonight. This isn't going to happen again. You, you found yourself in a situation making penis jokes in front of a lot of people that don't have penises. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, yeah, that's just for us. And it was beautiful. And you, you get those moments sometimes. What kind of comedy do you like? Uh, my favourite comedian of all time is, uh, is a, I think she's the best that's ever done it. She's called Maria Bamford and she's an American comedian. It's quite surreal. Uh, very fast, very quick-witted, went through a lot of sort of mental health issues in her time, and that's part of her act. This is not me divulging stuff. She doesn't want people to know. It's part of her act. Um, So anything that's... It's like really idiosyncratic stuff. I like when when people just say stuff that they think is funny and and you just have to catch up because that's how you find your audience. If you don't find it funny, fine. They'll find someone that finds it funny. And she's she's now got this worldwide audience of people and we all just think she's the best. So I guess like Jeff Buckley, really, I think he's... You don't know about him unless you do, in which case you think he's the best thing that, yeah. since sliced bread. There's no, yeah. there's no one that says he's all right. It's like you either don't like him or you yeah. think he's amazing. No, you either don't know him or think he's brilliant. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can't imagine anyone that would hear him would not think he was amazing. Yeah, or at least give him the credit of I can see why people think he's amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you have anybody like that where you're like, you don't know why you don't like them? Like, that comedians or musicians is there anyone where you go I can see why the world thinks they're amazing I just don't feel it when I hear or see them like like uh I remember Lee Evans I think he's absolutely wonderful at what he does but I've never like laughed out loud at anything he's ever done I just watch it like people love him and look at how oh, he's, he's clearly funny yeah. so, but I just haven't like I've never it, it's never made me laugh <laughs> yeah so yeah I'm not really that but like that big really love to him big love to the man like yeah, yeah, he's got completely. great audience well, I was listening to the radio today and they were talking about Bottom because it was they're playing all music from a certain year and it was the year that Bottom came out. I never got Bottom. Right, yeah, sure, sure, ever. sure. Yeah. I don't, I just, yeah, I just don't really. I suppose comedy's a bit more. Well, if you think like music is obviously personal taste as well, isn't it? But yeah, there's that kind of physical comedy, like the slapsticky kind of stuff, I don't really find that funny. Yeah. And I can appreciate. Exactly. You can appreciate that there's a lot of work has gone into it and there is a yeah. there is a big disparity between people that are just giving it a go and people that have crafted their physical comedy over years and years. Yes. And and I I can't do it. I can't do the physical comedy. I can flail about like an idiot, but I've seen like people that have trained as clowns at like Goulier or whatever it's called, Goulier, the, the clown school yeah, in yeah, France. Yeah, 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 and yeah. they're incredible. God, they just I saw one of them last night, it's a friend of mine, Elf Lions, and she was just pretending to be a spider. <laughs> And then, and then she pretended to be a fly that was being caught by that spider. And I think it's the first time she'd ever done it on stage. And it was harrowing. It was terrifying, but so so funny as well. Like at the same time, yeah. and they just it just comes out of them. They're this physical, they 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 just know their bodies so well. Yeah, 
And um, I'd put Lee Evans up there with that. He knows what he's doing. Oh, God. Well, yeah. Yeah. He was, was he the first comedian to play, like, Wembley or something? Like, to do, like, a real... That sounds about right. Something like that. Yeah, he's that from does... South End, isn't he? Yeah, we've got some talented yeah. people here, yeah. Yeah. Um, he's... Uh, yeah. <laughs> he's... Um, yeah, I think he might have been. And I recall him, like, he had a piano on stage that moved, or he's, like, stall moved. It was, like, on a remote control so that he'd be sitting on the stall and it moved away from his piano. And yeah. then I learned that he started as like a musician I think like a lot of comedians they start as like pop stars and rock stars like Ricky Gervais was a pop star before he was yes. a yeah. Yeah. And, he and married that... Stu Whiffin didn't he oh yeah that's yeah. right our, our mutual friend Stu Whiffin yeah. of, of podcast fame um, and that just sort of gives you a bit of hope really like, like yeah. <laughs> that's what I did and I hope yeah it's a bit of hope that one day I'll be able to talk about my failed music career to billions of people at yeah. some <laughs> intergalactic space stadium it'd be great so how do you write your stuff i think it's a million tiny tiny notes a day on your phone and then if you're still thinking about one of those by the end of the week it's probably worth talking about like every comedian's probably got a file on their phone of absolute nonsense that makes no sense i'll look it up now while we're talking (laughs) just read something out and we'll see if any of it makes any sense but uh i take it quite seriously i have like a stack of notebooks over the years and and sometimes it's the same set written 300 times but with tiny little changes. And that's for each gig and each different thought or whatever. Um, I talk well, a lot. Oh, go on. I was just saying, I talk a lot about uh, being transgender naturally. That's a big part of it, which is quite yeah. nice because people have an inherent tension about that. It's like if you're a, a Middle Eastern comedian, people have a certain tension about certain things and you get to walk in and like pop that bubble because you, it yeah. belongs to you. And everybody laughs because they're like, oh, thank God you said something because we, yeah, we didn't know what to think. And now, now we do. Um, Has it, go, go. Has that changed for you? It, How you feel people perceive you? Do you feel like it's getting better? Uh, or do you still feel... It's a roller coaster. I just found one of those um, things I was talking about, these notes that we comedians leave each other. I just read it. I still think it's funny, but I do appreciate it makes no sense at all. So I was trying to come up with a bit about when you lose your job and you have to lean into your transferable skills that you have from your job to get another job. And then I put like (laughs) the same way Keith Harris took up bare knuckle boxing after he had to sell Orville to a pawn shop, which didn't happen. But I think I was thinking like, can you imagine him like, cause he's, cause he's strengthened his hands so much over the course of his career that he's just had to take up something that uses the strength of his hands. That's it, it will never be a bit, but I've written it down just in case, yeah. <laughs> in case oh, God, ever. Bloody doorbell's gone now. Wait a sec, sorry. Listeners of the Mum and Mama podcast, you're listening to, well, you're listening to the Mum and Mama podcast. Well done for being here. I'm Jordan Gray. Um, I'm Amy's guest for the afternoon. She's just gone to answer the doorbell um, and her, her dog, Dolly's, no, no, as you no, per- no, perhaps no, can hear, no. is very excited about that prospect. It let's let's guess, who could it be? Who could it be at the door? It was I reckon. DPD. Oh, can you hear me? That could you hear me that whole time? (laughs) Oh, I was like filling the gap because I thought you weren't here. Oh well, listeners, Amy's back. Round of applause. It was it was uh, probiotics. (laughs) Sure. Okay. Cool. Because that's that's what's happening in my life at the moment. (laughs) Yes, good stuff. In in uh, yogurt form or pill form? No, in drink form. Drink form. It was someone. I have eczema. This is very boring now. And I've tried everything, but it's just I just have it. But a few people have said it's like 
it's uh my brain doesn't work as well i think i'm perimenopausal so i can't think of any words so it's from inside so it's no point putting you need to sort your digestion out basically so a friend of mine posted about this probiotic drink that she'd had so i thought i'll just give it a go so i tried it for three months and i and it ran out about a week ago and i've definitely felt like i've missed it so i've decided to just sign up that's so interesting it's really counterintuitive but i guess it makes sense like you you, we see something see something on our arm and go that right that's there i can see that so it must be on the outside let's slather that in whatever i can find which may include for some people like toothpaste and turpentine after you you panic don't you and you just (laughs) but then yeah of course it's it's the body's doing all of this so yeah yeah you want to clean things from the inside out a lovely Jordan part two will be next week make sure you check out her TV, her show on YouTube um, if you haven't already if you have anything you'd like to discuss with me please get in touch I'm I have some exciting people on I recorded with Danny fucking Price the other day who if you don't know who he is he's um, an activist he's mainly on Instagram if you just go just search Danny fucking Price I love him and what he posts I didn't really know anything about him, but I was just like, I want to talk to him. And we did. And he's lovely. So that was really good fun. That'll come out in a couple of weeks. So, yeah. But if you have any guest suggestions, please get in touch. If I said anything which you found offensive, please let me know. Educate me. I always want to be educated. I'm sorry if I caused any offence to any of the comments that I made. I'm always learning but yeah I hope you're good stay safe, stay sane, avoid melting big love to you all and I'll see you next week bye a lot can happen in three years like a chatbot may be your new best friend but what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.